Good morning and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Wednesday, February 7th. On today's show, HDFC Bank raises $300 million through their maiden sustainable finance bond issue, and Jana Small Finance Bank's IPO is subscribed 34% on day one. Plus, we'll discuss the importance of landscape finance in achieving the EU Green Deal. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with news from India's HDFC Bank, which has announced that it has raised $300 million through its first sustainable finance dollar-denominated bond issue. This comes alongside the bank's raising of $450 million through senior unsecured dollar bonds. The proceeds from these bonds will be used for the bank's foreign branches and subsidiaries, as well as general corporate purposes. Joining us now to discuss this further is our correspondent in Cornwall, Celeste, can you provide us with more details about this bond issue? Certainly, David. HDFC Bank's maiden sustainable finance bond issue is a significant move for the bank. Sustainable finance bonds, also known as green bonds, are used to finance projects that have positive environmental and or climate benefits. The $300 million raised through this bond issue signifies HDFC Bank's commitment to sustainable finance and its efforts to align its operations with global sustainability goals. And what about the additional $450 million raised through senior unsecured dollar bonds? How will these funds be used? The $450 million raised through senior unsecured dollar bonds will be used for a variety of purposes. Some of the funds will be used to support the bank's foreign branches and subsidiaries. The remainder will be used for general corporate purposes, which could include anything from operational expenses to strategic investments. How significant is this move for HDFC Bank, and what does it signify for the bank's future direction? This is a significant move for HDFC Bank, as it marks the bank's first foray into sustainable finance, It shows that the bank is taking steps to align its operations with global sustainability goals. Additionally, the successful raising of funds through these bond issues could potentially pave the way for future sustainable finance initiatives by the bank. Thanks for that update, Celeste. Now, let's shift our focus to another financial story. The initial public offering, or IPO, of Jana Small Finance Bank has opened for bidding today and will close on February 9th. On its first day, the issue has been subscribed 34%, with the retail portion booked at 59%. The price band for the Jana SFB IPO has been set at 393 to 414 per equity share, with a lot size of 36 shares. This means that the minimum investment amount required by retail investors is 14,904. To discuss this further, we have our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about this IPO and its significance? Certainly, David. Jana Small Finance Bank's IPO is a significant event in the Indian financial sector. The bank has a strong presence in the microfinance sector and has been instrumental in providing financial services to the underserved sections of the society. The IPO will provide an opportunity for the bank to raise capital for its growth and expansion plans. And what does the subscription rate tell us about the interest in this IPO? The subscription rate is an indicator of the demand for the shares being offered in the IPO. On the first day, the issue has been subscribed 34%, which shows a moderate level of interest. 
However, the retail portion, which is the part of the IPO reserved for individual investors, has been booked at 59%. This suggests that there is a significant interest among retail investors. What should potential investors consider when deciding whether to participate in this IPO? Investors should consider several factors when deciding whether to participate in an IPO. These include the company's financial performance, its growth prospects, the price of the shares being offered, and the overall market conditions. In the case of Jana Small Finance Bank, investors should also consider the bank's role in the microfinance sector and its potential for growth in this area. Thanks for the financial insights, James. Now, shifting our focus to environmental economics, despite the potential benefits of nature restoration for multiple sectors across Europe, there remains a significant funding gap. This is surprising, given the costs of land degradation for sectors like food and agriculture. Soil degradation alone is estimated to cost EU farmers an average of 1.25 billion euros a year. To address this, a new financing model called Landscape Finance has been proposed by 19 international organizations, including the World Resource Institute, Gold Standard, The Nature Conservancy, and EIT Climate KIC. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Bella. Yes, David. Landscape Finance is a financing approach that supports holistic, systemic, and community-driven landscape restoration. It's a model that enables local stakeholders to make their landscapes more climate resilient, as well as more socially and economically prosperous. It has more than just ecological benefits. It can build social cohesion and capital among and between communities, as well as serving as the backbone of thriving local and regional economies. How does this approach align with the EU Green Deal's vision? By producing benefits for multiple sectors and stakeholder groups, Holistic landscape restoration can contribute to a more resilient and sustainable future in line with the EU Green Deal's vision. Through landscape finance, policymakers could catalyze transformative change via holistic landscape restoration, making a lasting impact on Europe's landscapes. What are some recommendations for how EU policymakers can integrate a landscape finance approach into their work? There are several recommendations. Firstly, landscapes and landscape partnerships need to be recognized in policy frameworks for transformative change. EU institutions and member states should allocate resources to support landscape partnerships that drive holistic landscape restoration. Secondly, public finance can play a crucial catalytic role in holistic landscape restoration. All guidance documentation for the nature restoration law developed by the European Commission should explicitly recognize the value of landscapes in tackling multiple goals. Lastly, within holistic landscape restoration, infrastructure investments should adopt a long-term holistic perspective, incorporating restoration of green infrastructure to enhance climate resilience. How can landscape finance support farmers' transition to more regenerative practices? As farmers' protests intensify and EU officials threaten to dial back Green Deal measures, the question of how to achieve the EU Green Deal's vision has never been more pressing. Landscape finance can support nature restoration and help farmers transition to more regenerative practices at a landscape scale. It's a new financing framework that could be instrumental in achieving the EU Green Deal's vision. Thanks for joining us, Bella. In other finance news, a fintech startup has been working closely with HDFC Bank for the past two years to digitize the bank's internal supply chain finance. 
this partnership could potentially benefit the startup due to HDFC Bank's corporate banking relationship with over 5,000 anchor companies. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about this startup's plans? Certainly, David. The startup's next priorities include increasing their current 75 anchor firms to 200 within the next fiscal year and to 700 in the next couple of years. The recent capital infusion will also help them expand their network into Tier 2 cities and beyond. And who are some of the startup's partners? The Mumbai-based startup, which has 82 employees, partners with 25 banks and a network of supply chain giants or anchor firms such as Tata Motors, Voltas, and Britannia. What is the startup's specialization? Their specialization lies in making lending entirely digital first. They also use algorithmic discovery to determine which supply chain finance players are eligible to lend into the ecosystem of vendors. Can you tell us more about the company's network? The company has a network of 100,000 distributing and supplying vendors, of which 5,000 are actively borrowing MSMEs. Its total invoice financing throughput stands at around rupees 17,000 crore. What about their funding history? The firm, which was founded in 2018, had previously raised $1 million from Action Venture Lab in October 2021. What do their investors have to say about their progress? A spokesperson for Pravega Ventures, one of the startup's investors, said that the company has made significant strides in optimizing cash flow and working capital management for businesses. They believe this is a testament to the leadership team's capabilities and are excited to be a part of their journey. That was Simply Finance reporter Abby. Thanks so much for being here. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.